الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen Mothers and sisters Alhamdulillah with the fuzzle and karam of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala the new year, new year meaning the academic year has commenced already from last week. But this is the first Tarbiya program that we're having for this year. There are those who have come in for the first time in the different grades. And the majority are those who have been here. For those who are new, who have come for the first time, you too would have already received the introduction of what the Madrasa is all about. And you would be quite familiar with it by now. Those who have been here from previously, then you know well, that what is the outlook of the madrasa, what is the purpose, what is the object for which you are here. But nevertheless, for me personally, and for all those who are studying, whether from previous years, whether as new students, this revision, this reminder is something that we need all the time, so that we can keep these lessons fresh in our hearts and minds, and engage in the purpose and the object for having come to Madrasa with renewed vigor, with renewed enthusiasm and without getting distracted in any way. So therefore we will revise some of the lessons that we have discussed on many, many occasions with this in mind and with this dua that may Allah Ta'ala make it a means of benefit for us, make it a means of us refreshing the objective for which we have come to Madrasa. And may Allah Ta'ala make it a means in us achieving that objective. Allah Ta'ala has granted great virtue and significance to the knowledge of Deen. We have come to the Madrasa, this Madrasa is a place where the knowledge of deen is imparted. While there would be some other subjects on the basis, on the level of some necessary skills of life, some skills training that takes place, but that is a secondary thing, that is not the objective, that is just out of necessity that some of the life skills are taught. But our object, our purpose is the knowledge of deen 
And that too is not an objective in itself. That too is a means to an end. That too is a means to a greater objective. And what is that objective? We are the servants of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has created us. Allah Ta'ala is our sustainer. Allah Ta'ala is our nourisher. Allah Ta'ala brought us into existence, into this world. Every moment we are dependent on the innumerable and countless bounties of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. We cannot remain alive without breathing the air that He has provided. And all the time we are breathing every second, every millisecond, we are taking in this free air that Allah Ta'ala has provided. We cannot survive without the food and drink that Allah Ta'ala provides. person doesn't get something to eat for a day, for two days, then he's already half dead. So we are all the time dependent on Allah Ta'ala for every bit of our existence, every moment of our existence. And Allah Ta'ala out of His grace, out of His mercy, has given us countless favors, countless benefits, countless bounties and ni'mats. And we keep using these things, we keep benefiting from it. But then this life is one day going to come to an end. This life in dunya will terminate. And then the everlasting life of akhirat will commence. So the favors, the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala has given us, but in return, we have to recognize Him and become His true and obedient servants. And when that everlasting life starts, then how we conducted ourselves in this short life, to what extent we recognized Him, how grateful were we to Him for all His favors and bounties, how obedient were we to Him, that is what will count. And that is what will make our everlasting life a place of great bliss, of happiness, of peace, of joy, of contentment, of serenity, of every pleasure, provided that we conducted ourselves in the short life in a way that we recognized Allah Ta'ala. And in recognizing Allah Ta'ala, we learned how to obey Him and earn His pleasure in the process. So that is what the object of being in this madrasa is. That is what our purpose is, to recognize our Creator, to recognize Allah wa Ta'ala, who provided for us everything, and to learn who is our Rabb, who is our benefactor, who is our maker, who has given us everything, to recognize Him, and then to learn how to obey Him. What does Allah Ta'ala want from us? What does He want from us in terms of our actions? So how to perform those actions? Our ibadat, our mu'amalat, how we deal with people in terms of monetary dealings, our mu'asharat, our social life. How does Allah Ta'ala want us to conduct ourselves with our parents? وَلَا تَقُلَّهُمَا أُفِّ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Don't even say uff to your parents. Don't rebuke them. How does Allah Ta'ala want us to conduct ourselves with our neighbors? How does Allah Ta'ala want us to live with others in society, with our siblings, with our classmates for that matter? All this is part of Mu'asharat, our seniors, our elders, our juniors. And how does Allah Ta'ala want us to conduct ourselves in terms of akhlaq, our character, 
what type of akhlaq do we have so allah taala wants a specific conduct from us so how to conduct ourselves in the correct way we will need knowledge for that so to recognize allah tabaraka wa taala and together with recognizing our rabb to learn how to obey him for that we have to have ilm and that is what we have come to madrasa for to acquire that ilm for this purpose so this is the external self then there is the internal self as well what kind of heart our rabb wants us to have that clean and pure heart that heart that is filled with his marifat that heart which is filled with his love that heart which always thinks pure things that heart which dispels any evil thought that heart which is free of malice and pride that heart which is clean of any jealousy that heart which doesn't have any kind of dirt in it that heart which is forever well wishing for everybody that heart which has all the good qualities so this is the inner self that allah taala wants from us that heart which is filled with iman with taqwa with tawazu and humility that heart which is filled with ruju ila allah turning to allah tabaraka wa taala that heart which is filled with the consciousness of allah taala all the time my rabb is watching me my allah knows what i am doing my allah is all seeing and all hearing my allah taala knows what is crossing my mind and heart so allah taala wants our inner selves as well to be in a certain mold in a certain way and our external selves also our actions also our thoughts our words everything allah taala is our creator he is our sustainer he is showering countless and innumerable bounties on us every moment so therefore our inner selves our outer selves our every thought our every word we have to earn allah taala's pleasure with it and conduct ourselves in a way that he wants us to conduct ourselves how we go about that for that is knowledge of deen for that is ilm and that ilm is for this objective so those who come to madrasa they come for this purpose this is our object this is our purpose and all the time we have to be checking within ourselves that to what extent have i gained any progress towards this objective now in order to inculcate the lessons that would come one is the theory we will be taught how to perform salah we will be taught how to perform other ibadat we will be taught what is good akhlaq we will be taught what is the correct muasharat we will be taught about the internal qualities that a mu'min should have but in all, one is just learning the facts just understanding the theory but that alone doesn't achieve the objective these things have to become a condition of a person we have learned about salah the importance of salah then what is necessary is that when the time of salah comes then the student of deen becomes restless for salah when a person it is time for eating let alone when a person is hungry let alone when we haven't eaten for the whole day maybe and we are hungry just merely the little thought that it is now eating time and especially if there is some aroma that is also drifting from the kitchen then nobody has to invite us nobody has to tell us nobody has to encourage us nobody has to give us any bayan that it is 
Now the time to answer the call of our Rabb and to get engaged in Salah, it becomes an automatic thing. That a person now just automatically starts moving towards the food. And nobody needs any invitation, nobody needs to be called. And if a person is hungry as well, then the person goes looking for the food before time also. So this is the object of the madrasa, that how can we not just create that natural feeling for salah, that when it is time for salah, we automatically start moving towards salah, but to create that hunger for deen, that talab, that deep thirst, that before salah time also we are already looking for salah. In other words, getting prepared, getting ready, the mind is getting focused, and the attention is getting drawn towards Salah, that just now will be time, I must be ready beforehand. Now how can that happen? For that is the Tarbiyat. The Madrasa, the object is Talim with Tarbiyat. And the object of this Talim and Tarbiyat is to make these lessons the condition of our life. To make it a condition of our hearts. That this becomes a natural thing within us. That when it is time for any amal of deen, then automatically we are drawn in that direction. Now this requires an effort, it's a process, everything happens with an effort, with dua, with uh, perseverance and sticking to the process. Then inshallah, slowly but surely, these things develop. But to have this in front, to know which direction we are heading to. If a person is driving aimlessly, then the person might cover a lot of mileage. 100 kilometers, 1000 kilometers, but then somebody asks, where have you gone? Say, I'm still in the same block. I've been going round and round and back and forth. I'm still in the same block, around the same corner. But a person knows, I need to reach a certain destination. So now what is the direction? What is the route? So now the person is driving slowly also. But in that slow driving also, the person is moving forward. The person is getting closer to the destination. So we need to keep this destination in front of us all the time. And even maybe put some small little reminder somewhere on our desk, or some place where our eyes will fall on it daily, which will remind us that this is our objective, this is our destination, that I need to recognize my Creator. I need to recognize my Rabb. My heart must be filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala. I need to achieve this. And in order to achieve this, I need to learn how to please Allah Ta'ala. So, I need to learn all the aspects of deen. And this needs to become a part and parcel of my life. It needs to become a condition of my heart. And from time to time, I'm reflecting. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what progress have I made? What progress have I made in my salah? What if progress have I made in my remembrance of Allah Ta'ala? What progress have I made in my tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif? And in all the other facets of deen, in my akhlaq, in my mu'amalat, in my mu'asharat. And then, how to stay away from all the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala? A person has gone to the hospital and the person is taking the medication. My Ustad Hazrat Mawana Abdul Hamid Saab, Naud Barakatuhum, was in Durban over the weekend and he gave a talk in Mallinson Road on Sunday night. So in the process he dis- mentioned one incident that one of his relatives was very, very uh, ill. He was very heavily diabetic 
and they had to admit him into hospital and in hospital they are administering the medication and put him onto insulin and all kinds of tests and whatever else, whatever needed to be done but somehow his condition kept on defying all the medication and all the logic of the doctors and as much as they are treating him but his sugar is going higher and higher <coughs> eventually somehow the nurse one day realized that she found a whole lot of chocolate wrappers under his pillow so on the one hand he was having all the insulin and the medication and whatever other things the tablets and all the things that they were doing but he did not stop eating those slabs and slabs of chocolate so what benefit is that medication going to do for him when he hasn't stopped eating the things that are putting his sugar higher so that sugar was going even higher his sugar levels were going even more dangerous the same thing applies to us that with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala we have come into this environment we are now going to be inshallah engaged in learning deen in trying to acquire the knowledge of deen in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala in acquiring his muhabbat and love so that Allah Ta'ala becomes the most beloved to us but this requires that we also cut out anything that is poisonous cut out anything that is harmful in this path of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala and all sin all disobedience of Allah Ta'ala this is the poison this is the poison that becomes the major obstacle in progressing in acquiring this objective of ours and then sometimes a person is making a lot of effort but things still keep going in a circle and going in that same roundabout, the person doesn't seem to be progressing. In this regard, one of the most fatal poisons, one of the most fatal poisons, something that is a real killer, is any haram relationship. Any haram relationship, in whichever level it would be, obviously the more serious level, the more fatal it will be. But at any level, this is a fatal poison. It is a killer poison. It's any haram relationship. Whether it is on a chatting level, via the social media, via Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever it may be, that haram chatting that goes on, this is a fatal poison. It neutralizes all the benefit, not only neutralizes, it overcomes overcomes the benefit that comes through the learning of the Quran Sharif, learning of Hadith Sharif and learning of Deen and then the Tilawat that a person makes and the Tasbihat that one recites and all the other good efforts that a person makes but this poison if this poison doesn't stop it's like a person eating a lot of vitamins a lot of good food nutritious food and a whole lot of things. Now the quantity of the amount of food, good food, nutritious food, and then the supplements and the medication and all these things that a person is taking, that's a huge quantity. It's a lot. It's amounting to in one day maybe over a kilo. But at the same time a person is taking a few drops of poison. That few drops of poison is bad enough and it will overcome all these kilos of good. 
So the same thing applies to this fatal poison, this killer poison of this haram relationships. If it is to the extent of just chatting, that is bad enough. That is already a killer. And if it goes any worse than that, then what can one say? It will destroy everything. So therefore, shaitan, shaitan, when a person has gone to do something in the right direction, shaitan doesn't then call it a day and go to sleep. Shaitan makes a greater effort on such a person. Many of you would have had quite a battle maybe within yourself or maybe even with your families, with somebody else. Maybe the battle was with you yourself. Maybe the battle was you wanted to come, others didn't want you to come. Because shaitan didn't want you to come. Shaitan didn't want you to take the line of deen. Shaitan didn't want you to learn about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. To learn about the muhabbat and love of Allah Ta'ala. To gain that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Shaitan didn't want you to even start off on that road. To even take the first step. So this was shaitan's effort. But alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, that a million and a billion amount of shukr to Allah Ta'ala is also not sufficient. That Allah Ta'ala enabled you to take the first step. Allah Ta'ala enabled you to defeat that effort of shaitan and brought you into this environment of deen. When we talk about taking the line of deen, we are not confining it to being in this particular institution only. But anybody who has gone to any institution or any line of deen to progress in that line of deen, so shaitan obviously will try to waylay the person, try to prevent the person. But alhamdulillah, you have defeated the first effort of shaitan. And you have come forward, you have come into this environment of deen. But this doesn't mean now that shaitan has now given it up as a bad job. When shaitan loses the first step, then shaitan tries a different tactic. That fine, I didn't win the first round, but now let me do this, that let me now make this person's efforts all go to waste. The person is, has come to madrasa, so she will learn, she will come early in the morning, and she will spend the day in the madrasa, and then in all the restrictions of the madrasa, and the rules of the madrasa, and then learning at home, and the homework, and whatever else, and all the terbiya lessons, and so many things. So let her carry on with all that. But let me introduce some poison into the whole equation. So that while she's doing all the efforts, then she must just keep eating this poison a bit at the same time. What else I got to do then? Nothing. Then all my job is done. All the efforts will be gone to waste. And she'll become my agent also. Let alone eating poison herself, she'll offer poison to others also. That look, I'm on these chat lines, why don't you join also? And I'm going here and there, why don't you also join in? I'm listening to this haram, why don't you listen also? So she'll become my agent also, let alone doing anything more, I can sit around and relax. Then I got an in-house agent, I didn't want her to come, let me make her agent inside. This will be shaitan's effort. What a tragedy that will be. What a tremendous loss that would be, what a great disaster that would be. That in the environment of deen, after all the efforts, somebody still is losing out everything. And worse than that, somebody becomes an agent of shaitan in-house. So, 
we need to be now double alert. Alhamdulillah, sumba alhamdulillah, sumba alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala enabled us to come. Allah Ta'ala gave us this opportunity. This, in the words of Hazrat Ma'an Yunusab rahmatullahi this is not by election, this is by selection. Allah Ta'ala has selected you. But, when somebody has been selected for something great, it requires two things. One is it requires gratitude. One must be thankful for it. person has been given an opportunity, a rare opportunity. One out of a thousand people are being given that opportunity and you have been selected for it and you show no gratitude for it. You say, okay, take it back. Give it to somebody else. So the first thing is gratitude. And then the second thing is to then use that opportunity for what it has been given. So one is to be very, very grateful to Allah Ta'ala and to immerse our hearts and souls in shukr. That, ya Allah, out of your grace, out of your mercy, you enabled me to come into an environment of deen, so that I could learn deen, so that I could get closer to you, so that I could attain your love and muhabbat, and I could become your obedient servant, and I could earn your pleasure. Ya Allah, you enable me now to use this time correctly, enable me to dedicate myself correctly, Save me from all the traps of shaitan. Save me from all the distractions. Save me from becoming an agent of shaitan. So that shukr also from the depths of our heart and the dua as well. And then together with that, the second thing, the effort to use this opportunity correctly. And that is by dedicating ourselves to the work, to what program the madrasa has got chalked out for us. This is something which people they did anything and everything in order to achieve this. What sacrifices they made previously? There was that time in India when people would go to study deen, there was no facility at all in terms of boarding facilities, in terms of accommodation, food, nothing, no arrangements made. In case of our situation, fine, there's no boarding, etc. But many students, boys in the Darululums, even some girls are boarding because there is no facility close by to their home. So they have to go far away. But the thing is that in those days, there was no, nothing, no, no arrangements whatsoever. There is one incident mentioned of one student had gone to Delhi because that was the center of learning at that time. So in a masjid, some ustad would be teaching, one ustad would be teaching in one masjid, he would be teaching the subjects that he, ca- he wanted to teach, sometimes all the subjects one ustad is teaching, some other masjid, another ustad, sometimes there's a class, but he would teach his lessons, he, could, he had no a- arrangements available for anybody in terms of boarding. So there were many, many masajid, many masjids all about Delhi. So the students would come and they would offer their services to become the muazzin in a masjid, to clean the masjid, and in lieu of that, the authorities would allow him to stay in a little room that used to be attached to the masjid. As far as food, he must make his own arrangements. So in any case, one student came to Delhi to study. So finally, he got a place in one masjid. Now, he got a place to stay. Now he used to go to study and stay in this masjid. But food, he doesn't have a penny. He doesn't have a cent. How does he now get his food to eat and survive. It happened that the mutawalli of the masjid was a blind person. And he said that anybody who 
is ready to volunteer to come and fetch me from home and bring me to the masjid at the time of salah and then take me back home, I will give him for the day. For the whole day, I will give him two rotis. Two rotis for the day. And he must do this job for me. So the student volunteered. He said, very good. I will at the time of salah come and fetch you and bring you and go and drop you off again after salah. And I'll get these two rotis. I'll survive on this. So any case, he started living in this masjid and studying and surviving on these two rotis for the day. Can we imagine two rotis, nothing with it. Just these two rotis for the day. So any case, as some time passed, one day one person came along, another person, he's also a student now, he has come to Delhi to study. So he is going from masjid to masjid to look for a place where he can stay. So when he came to this masjid, the student met him, he asked him, what's the story? So he told him, this is the, I'm looking for a place. So he said to him, the student was already living here, he said to him, look, I've already done the rounds. I've gone to all the places, all the masjids. There isn't any place anywhere. Every place is occupied. So in other words, what is he telling him? That now every place occupied, you can now carry on. You know, a little bit of crude language. They say, take a hike now. There's nothing here for you. No, no, no. This is not what he was telling him. That pack your bags and go. He told him there's no place anywhere else. So don't now bother yourself of going anywhere else. Wherever you went, you already saw for yourself. Other place is also already full. So what you do is, you rather just stay away here with me. What he's saying to him? You stay away here with me. And every day I get two rotis. So I will eat one, you eat one, you study, I will study. Can we imagine, this is, this person had come to study deen and he had deen. He had come to earn the love of Allah Ta'ala and he loved the people of Allah Ta'ala. He was ready, he's only getting two rotis for the day. But here is somebody else who has come to learn deen. Somebody else who has come to also acquire the great knowledge of deen. So therefore, he is ready to sacrifice out of these two rotis, give him one. So this person was very grateful, very thankful for this. He stayed away and he also started studying. And every day this person would get those two rotis from that mutawalli and he would eat one, he would give this new student one and the two of them would share and eat that and survive for the whole day now on one one roti. Some time passed, a third student came one day and he is now looking for a place also to stay because he also wants to study deen. So this student, the first person who was there, he says to him that look, we've done the rounds, every place is full. Now he's not telling him, you also pack your bags and run away from here. No, no. He says to him, look, every place is full. There is one small gap left here now, in this room, for a third person. If you want, you stay away here with us. And as far as food is concerned, we get these two rotis every day. And we shade between ourselves. But now three of us, so what they did was, they asked this person who was giving those two rotis, look, don't make the rotis now. Don't make the rotis that flour that you would use to make the two rotis, just give us that flour, that raw flour. So this person said, very well, I don't even have to make the rotis anymore, or get his khadim or whoever to make the rotis. So nobody has to make the rotis now. That, for example, now just as an example, one cup flour, whatever it was. So that one cup flour, he would give them this one cup flour. And what they would do, these three students now, 
can we think now what we brought for lunch today and what we had for breakfast already and we brought something for lunch and then we're going to eat that oh we might have already eaten Allah knows then we'll go home and we'll eat something again for lunch we already had some lunch and we'll eat again something for lunch maybe and then later in the evening we'll have supper again and these are three people who have come to learn deen acquire the knowledge of deen what they did this one cup flour they mixed it up with water so this flour they mixed it with water and then that now whatever supposing three cups water whatever flour water it became they shared that flour water and each one drank it and carried on with life that was the day's meal that they drank whatever that water with flour mixed up in it because they wanted to share with one another that I want to learn also this person wants to learn any sacrifice is too small for this great objective of acquiring the knowledge of deen. So therefore if I have to drink this flower water and survive, but learn deen, then this is a small bargain. Now can we imagine what sacrifices they made and when they learnt deen in that manner, one one person lit up the entire community, the entire country and people became beacons of light for the whole world. Because they learned with this kind of mujahada. They learned with this kind of striving. Striving in terms of whatever sacrifice they had to make, they made. And they stayed away from everything that displeased Allah Ta'ala. They learned with taqwa. Allah wa Allah. That you fear Allah, Allah will grant you ilm. Allah Ta'ala will teach you. So therefore, this is the gratitude. This is the way in which we have to now show this shukr to Allah Ta'ala that we dedicate one is verbally from our hearts with our dua and then we dedicate our efforts, our energies in the right manner. We are doing what we are supposed to do. We are staying away from everything that we are supposed to stay away from and we are fulfilling the etiquette of ilm. So we might have already been taught some of the etiquettes of ilm. We have learned in the previous years among the most important aspects of this etiquette of ilm, one is taqwa, that we learn with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, with the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Then we learn with talab, with that thirst, with that desire. This is something I need. It's not with a kind of independence. That I get it, I get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. It's not really, I don't, no, no big deal. No, I, this is something I need. And there is nothing greater. Some people might have got some job somewhere, somebody is earning 20,000 rand a month, somebody is earning 30,000 rand a month, somebody is earning 50,000 rand a month, and more than that also, and somebody has learned Quran Sharif, and tomorrow they get an opportunity to teach Quran Sharif. Wallah, summa wallah, that 50,000 rand is not even worth sand, compared to what this person is earning in the court of Allah Ta'ala for teaching Quran Sharif that 50,000 rand, that 100,000 rand a month also, is not even like two old pennies, compared to what this person is getting in terms of barakat of dunya also, and in terms of the real thing in the akhirat, and getting the closeness of Allah Ta'ala, for teaching one ayat of Quran Sharif. So for one second also, don't think that you have come for something that is second best. Na'udhu billah, thumma na'udhu billah. Allah Ta'ala has selected you for the very best. 
and which inshallah is paving the path for you to have opportunities to be engaged in the very best. خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَ Nabi is certifying that the best among you is the one who learns the Qur'an and teaches it. So today you are learning the Qur'an Sharif. Inshallah tomorrow you will have the opportunity of teaching it as well. Nobody and nobody and nothing can compare to you. And if somebody else seems, they think they are earning a lot, they are earning 20,000 and 50,000 and 100,000, and if they think they are better off than you, then they don't know anything. They are total jahil. They are ajhal. They are completely ignorant and lost in dunya. And they have no idea of akhirat also. <coughs> you have been blessed with that opportunity. There is nothing that can be better than it. So appreciate this. Treasure it. Take it with both hands. And express that happiness. Express that happiness from within. To Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. To others around you as well. That Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala bless me with such a great opportunity. I'm eternally grateful to Allah Ta'ala for this and I'm going to use my time, my energies, my faculties, my heart, my mind, my thinking, everything. I'm going to use it in this direction and I'm going to stay away from anything and everything that becomes an obstacle. I'm going to stay alert from all the traps of shaitan and the things that shaitan tries to use to distract a person. Inshallah, in this way, we will dedicate ourselves. We will find that even dunya will become a place of happiness and serenity and contentment and satisfaction for us. And the real thing is in the akhirat. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept one and all. May Allah ta'ala grant ilm and nafi' and amal salih to each one. Allah ta'ala make each one a beacon of light and hidayat for everybody. Allah ta'ala accept each one's coming. Accept the sacrifices of the mu'allimas. Accept their efforts. Grant us among the etiquettes we expressed talab. One more thing I will finish off on, adab, that respect. Inshallah we will expand on this in future programs. But to the extent that we will adopt respect and adab for our muallimas, for the Quran Sharif, especially obviously, for our kitabs, for the desk, for the madrasa, for the things around us, the more adab we have, the more we will gain this noor of ilm. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب